Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that, time jerks. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And there is no victory stake tonight because the Chiefs did not get a victory when they went to Baltimore on Sunday night football. Uh, a little bit shocking after, um, you know, kind of gotten so used to the Chiefs um, when they have a lead going into the fourth quarter, being able to salt those games away. Um, you know, kind of used to Patrick Mahomes. You give him three minutes and 14 seconds and all he needs is a field goal. He's going to get that done. Uh, but it, it didn't happen tonight. Uh, the Ravens win 36, 35. Um, and obviously, um, you know, the, the fumble at Clyde Edwards Lair's fumble on that last drive is I think what people are going to remember um, from this game, but there was a lot more that led up to this loss. Yeah, I mean, every loss that the Chiefs have, there's always a handful of things that cost them, and that was the reason that, you know, it it led to those moments where those moments get magnified and are crucial and what people remember at the end of a football game. I mean, you had a handful of plays. The defense just – the defense that, that defense has always struggled with the read option against Lamar. Doesn't matter what year it was in Steve Spagnuolo's scheme, it's been tough for them to be able to handle it. And that's that's why it, it's been an ideal situation. The Chiefs haven't faced the Ravens in the playoffs the past two years because of that simple reason. Like that's just how that that's just how it operates. I mean, the Chiefs were able to score enough points a handful of times in years past and had better play at defensive end and run support um, to be able to stop that type of stuff. A guy named Emmanuel Ogba was pretty good at it, but they just don't have that. And but here's the here's the other part of it though, is. I mean, looking at my mentions on Twitter, everybody's furious, thinks his defense is terrible, as they've had two bad back-to-back weeks. But here's the reality. They've been to three consecutive AFC championships and two consecutive Super Bowls with the defense struggling for the first half of the season. That's just what the defense does. Like that, It takes them eight to nine weeks to figure it out and to start playing some more sound, disciplined football. Now, you can debate down the road, are they not making the correct investments in players? Are they not identifying the correct things? Is there problems with the position coaches not teaching them certain things or what it may be or what other teams are identifying to attack? I mean, that's that's a that's a much bigger debate down the road after the season's over. But this I mean, I'm sorry, but it just it seems like every time they play the Ravens and they struggle with the run like the, I mean, I remember a game a couple of years ago where the Texans just ran up and down on the Chiefs in that game that the Chiefs lost at Arrowhead. Like this isn't this isn't the first time this has happened. It's not gonna be the last time it happened. And they went on to and went on to win a Super Bowl whenever they didn't come together to the Broncos game on Thursday night when Patrick Mahomes got his kneecap, you know, knocked out of twisted out of place. And the defense attacked that night and got better. And they went on this Super Bowl run and won a championship. So I mean, I get that standards are high. I get that people want to see perfection and excellence all the time. I totally get all that. But at the end of the day, I mean, this this isn't this isn't the first time you're watching this movie. Well, and, and look, I mean, the reality is it, it's been a mediocre run defense. They ranked 21st in, in yards per game last year. They ranked 17th in yards per carry. So right in the middle of the pack, lower end of, of the middle of the pack. And and look, they faced two of the top three rushing offenses in the NFL. Look, the Ravens averaged almost 200 yards a game. So, yeah, 251 yards was unacceptable. They didn't tackle well. They didn't play assignment sound. But again, we, we've seen this movie before against the Ravens. So the, so the 251 yards is bad. But look, Cleveland had 153 yards on 26 carries. They were the number three rushing offense in the NFL last year. 
if they go up against the Titans, which they will later in the year, expect Derrick Henry to run all over them because it's going to happen. Newsflash, Derrick Henry runs all over most teams in the NFL. I, if, if, they, if they give up 150 yards against the Chargers, then, then the conversation changes a little bit, I think. But I'm not ready to like totally lose my mind over getting gashed by the Browns and getting gashed by the Ravens because, because that's the way it works. Um, I do, though, you know, I mean, they came out and they made a point of running at Chris Jones. We know that Alex Okafor um, is, is, has historically has not been great against the run. How big of a problem is that? I mean, they, they didn't go at Frank Clark as much this game. We know that Frank Clark can set an edge and can make some plays. We saw him be one of the few guys that could make plays in space against that, uh, you know, against that, that option. How big a concern is Chris Jones moving to defensive end and being put in those positions, though, for you moving forward? Because that is something I think will will take some time. It's no different than what I said in the podcast in the offseason. I said that he's always struggled against the run. He struggles with boots. He struggles with run fakes. I mean, it's not what happened tonight didn't stun me. It's, yeah. you know, that's just Chris is an attacking defensive lineman. That's what he wants to do. If you're making him stand there and read and react, it's just not, it's just not in his nature. It's not his mentality. It's not his style. So like the thing that the chiefs are going to have to de- decide as a defense collectively together is do they want to set the tempo and just attack with their type of scheme and their style, or do they want to read and react? I mean, that's, you know, like Greg Robinson's defense did in 2003, that's just that's just what the Chiefs are going to have to decide and determine from there. I'm okay with them giving up yards and getting gashed because you're going to get gashed either way. Right. If you know, so if you're going to do it, do it on your tempo and your style, and try to and try to send some aggressiveness and force some turnovers. Yeah, and that's I mean, you saw the the Ravens actually had some success by going out of character today. They didn't blitz a lot. You know, they doubled Tyreek the whole game. Uh, you know, they kind of sat back. Um, and, and when they did come out in the second half and try to blitz, Patrick burned him four for four for 73 yards and a touchdown. So they quickly reevaluate that and said, no, let's go back to what we were doing. They still gave up 35 yards and that includes two turnovers. I mean, they still, they didn't have a great defensive performance, but you're right. I mean, look, if the chiefs play their normal style, their normal attacking style, they're probably going to give up some really big plays. Lamar's going to put a couple guys on the highlight reel and stuff like that, but I think that those guys would be more in their element and you would have more chances for the the negative plays that put them off schedule, get them behind the sticks, force the game to be on Lamar's shoulder instead of on Lamar's, you know, instead of allowing a Lamar Jackson to dictate the game with his legs. So if, if they do see each other again, in the playoffs, I'd be interested to see if they don't change course, similar to what the Ravens did where they came out and surprised the chiefs by, by being a little bit out of character I wouldn't be surprised if the if the Chiefs, if they get another chance at it, like you said, you might as well try something else because what you're doing isn't working. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the reality of it. And I mean, when they brought Sorensen on the one delayed blitz, it worked. They got the sack whenever they brought Snead on a blitz. It worked. I mean, the the question that's going to get answered over the next handful of weeks is, do you have enough people on your defensive line to properly pass rush? Like that, that's the bigger question. And then also with the linebacking group that the Chiefs have on defense, the way that they're reading and reacting versus attacking, it's not working out with their type of skill set. Because, I mean, Nick Bolton, Nick Bolton's a downhill linebacker. That's what he is. That's who he's going to be. He was never elite in coverage. I'm Like I said, at training camp, he had better drops than what he did in college. That doesn't mean that he has the athletic ability to turn and run. You're hoping he improves over time. 
and you hope he gets better. But I mean, they the guys are who they are. They're who you drafted, and you have to at some point the scheme has to be about what their skill set is, not necessarily you know just what the scheme is like hey we need to do what they're good at what helps them shine not necessarily hey this is this is how the scheme's called and this is what it's supposed to be right and we look I, we're getting willie gay jr back i think can help i i don't think it's a, a panacea i don't think it solves everything no uh, but i think it does help that that defense sure um you know because he he is the most athletic linebacker that they have he is the one mm. guy who can turn and run with guys. He does compliment what Anthony Hitchens and Nick Bolton, he, his strengths complement the strengths of Anthony Hitchens and Nick Bolton very well. You add him into that mix and it changes what you can do. I think a little bit, but the biggest issue for me, I, like I said, I, I expected them to get, to get run all over by again, or not maybe get run all over. I mean, today was a little bit extreme, but I expected them to struggle against the run against Cleveland and Baltimore. That did not surprise me at all. What, what continues to be a problem, though, I think, is the red zone defense. They were the worst in the NFL last year, giving up touchdowns in the red zone. They've had six opportunities this year. Cleveland and Baltimore have scored all six times. To me, that's the more alarming thing right now is that that was something they knew they had to get better at in the offseason. That was something they felt like at training camp they had addressed and they had improved at. So far, there's no evidence that that's true. And at the end of the day, with this scheme and the way that it is, it all comes down to how strong your defensive line is or isn't. And, I mean, up at camp, they showed that they had they had a solid pass rush. And it hasn't shown up whenever they played different opponents. And that's those are just question marks you you don't, as somebody who's sitting up in a media tent, you don't, you don't have those answers. So you see them against different competition to definitively know, hey, are they, are they where they need to be or not? And right now, they're not where they need to be as a defensive line. Brendan Daly's got to get got to get it figured out. All those guys that are on the roster need to get it figured out, or they're going to have to go start trying to find some players off the streets that have a little bit more will to pass rush. Because I mean, Melvin Ingram last week looked like a rock star for the Steelers, and he could be helping out this Chiefs scheme right now if they had elected to sign him. You know, Justin Houston had a couple plays against the Chiefs, all, although it was more so because Creed Humphrey's snap went a little wild on that one play more so than Justin was had a dominant night. I mean, let's be honest, Justin's on his back nine of his career, maybe back two at this point. Yeah. I mean, look, it, I, the Chargers game is going to be a big game to kind of to kind of uh, tell me a little bit more about this defense, but let's not give the secondary a pass either. I mean, Look, I, I think the first fa- the first penalty they called on on Tyron Matthew was was as tissue you know, was as soft a, of a of a call as I've ever seen in the NFL. The second one, again, I've seen worse not get called, but I mean he did push him off his route, and that does have a much bigger impact than maybe people think. He did push him off his route 15 yards downfield. I have less of an issue with that call, but they also just completely blew a coverage and let. Uh, you know, let Marquise Brown get behind him for a 42 yard touchdown. Uh, you know, they, 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 you know, uh, there were a couple of times they let guys get loose and they didn't tackle them in bounds, you know, and that field goal at the end of the first half ends up being huge. It ends, ends up looming large. They, they were ready to go into at halftime up 21, 14. They end up letting them go down the field with no timeouts because they couldn't tackle and get a field goal. And they end up losing by one point. I mean, that's a problem. Like the secondary doesn't get a pass as far as I'm concerned with the performance tonight. Look, at the end of the day, 
It was a reality check for the entire roster and the entire team. They don't have to worry about going 20 and 0 anymore. So they don't they don't have to worry about that. So now they get to move on and they get to potentially uh, correct what needs to be what needs to be righted. Um, and we'll we'll see if they're able to get it done. I mean, look, I'm <laughs> like I've told you many times before, I got to see the Super Bowl in my lifetime. So like the for me, the stress is off personally. <laughs> so yeah. I don't live and die with every game and every play anymore. I mean, was I bummed when they lost the Super Bowl against the Bucks? You bet. But um, it's just like Look, I'm I'm just along for the ride, and I enjoy getting to watch Patrick Mahomes play football. Given how many quarterbacks I've had to watch not play football very well for quite some time, so I mean they got a lot they got to get fixed. Yes, they do, and I mean they get paid to the coaching staff gets paid to fix it. The players get paid to fix it. So I, I expect them to have a better showing next week, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, two things I want to ask you about on the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fumble. First of all. Uh, I mean, look, he's not a guy who's had fumbling issues before. Do you have any problem with the play call? It's clear what they were trying to do. I know Patrick had completed three straight passes. I know they had moved the ball. But at that point, they're just trying to burn clock, pick up a few yards here and there. Do you have any problem with the play call? I personally wouldn't have done it right there. I want to leave the ball in 15's hands to convert. That's that's just where you're comfortable with. And even if he has to eat it and, you know, throw, you know, and kind of, Drop down to the ground, take a knee, whatever you got to do. I, I get that. It's just for me, I'm, I'm more comfortable giving it to the gamer at that point because guess what? The Ravens weren't going to give the ball back to him after the fumble. They're like, no, we're yeah. going for it on fourth and one because I know what 15 can do. And that's the reality. And that's what they're going to see from a lot of other teams in the future is other teams are going to go for it on those short yardage because they're like, they're going to score anyways. So might as well do it. And, and Harbaugh had done that when they were at Arrowhead, when they played him at Arrowhead, you know? Mm-hmm two years ago and I wasn't stunned to see him do it in this oh, game. No, he didn't no. get the chance last year because the chiefs had already blown him out by halftime. So, I mean, the Ravens remember that game last year. They, they clearly remembered it and they, they took a different approach. They were going to get burned by the blitz. They were going to go for it on fourth down and they kind of blended what it cost them in years past to, to do this. So like you said, I thought you brought up a really good point earlier to where, uh, you know, when the playoffs roll around, the Chiefs see him again. Hopefully they learned a lesson from this. Like Harbaugh's learned multiple lessons from his Chiefs losses to Mahomes and Andy Reid. Yeah, no, I'm late game situations. I'm always going to Patrick Mahomes, I think, has earned the right to have the ball in his hands. Uh, he makes good decisions with the ball in his hands. Right. Like um, having said that, maybe Andy was influenced a little bit from the interception. We'll get to that. But the other question I had about Edward, the Edward Solaire play is. Joe Tooney gives up the inside pressure, you know, whether the ball was completely secured, whether it's an exchange issue or not, you know, we'll have to see if Clyde Edwards Hilaire address or somebody else does during the week, but look, great play by Jason uh, Oway to, to knock that ball out. Are you, have you seen what you needed to see from Joe Tooney so far this year? Or is, do you need to see more from a guy that you gave a five-year $80 million contract to in the off season? Um, I mean, I, I think, I think Joe Tooney kind of, he is what he is right now. I mean, what, I mean, with, with Niang, with Smith and Creed, I feel like they fit where the chiefs are going with Joe, with Joe Tooney. I think there's certain things he can and can't do that. I think they're finding out that now that he's out of the Patriots scheme, that they're, they're starting to have to realize that, oh, hey, he can't necessarily 
block in this way in this form and do it and do it exactly like this and i don't i personally don't think that uh he's 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 got some he's got some growing pains he's got some hiccups that he's gonna he's gonna end up going through and i'm even pulling up the play right now while i'm talking to you and yeah no he uh for the most part that uh a defensive lineman he went because i'm looking at right now he went uh he attacked Brown's outside shoulder, and then, yeah, Joe, Joe didn't expect him to go that far wide on his uh, on his rush there. So Joe's step at this point immediately puts him out of position, and he's able to punch the ball out. But I don't think that the ball was. It didn't seem to me like Clyde had a good uh, a good feel on the ball. Regardless, looking at the play right now at this yeah. very moment, because yep. I'm I'm rewinding it because a lot's happened since that play. That I've been doing with a post game show um, that you can, that you were able to watch on KSHP forty one, but yeah, no, I mean that, yeah, that no ball wasn't ball wasn't ideally secure, and I mean yeah, it's unfortunate that it happened, and I mean you don't want that. To, I mean the question you're going to have down the road here is whenever they're in short yardage or they're needing to eat up time, are they going to trust the O line to be able to execute it correctly? and Clyde to be able to hold on to the football in those key moments down the road. Look, and you, you've got Daryl Williams on the roster, so that would be an option if if Clyde struggles in those situations again. Maybe maybe Daryl Williams gets the call in some of those situations instead. Or like you said, or like we talked about earlier, maybe you just keep the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands and let him work uh, with you know with Travis Kelsey finding a soft spot and, and making it work from there. Um, the snap issue with Creed Humphrey, um, you know, Patrick bailed him out a couple times, you know, with, with some nice adjustments, some nice catches against Cleveland. Um, you know, he had this snap over Patrick's head this time that no, you know, I mean, nobody was catching, um, you know, and it hurt him ultimately it hurt him, you know, pretty bad in that situation. Uh, it, you know, are, is that troublesome for you at all? I mean, it's game two and he's still a rookie it's his first game on the road. I mean, that's like he's amped up and he's going to be amped up. There might be some other snaps this year that aren't, that aren't ideal either. And you hope they're not in key situations against key opponents that determine if they go to the Super Bowl or not. But he's just, I think right now as a rookie, he's really amped up. And I, I think, I think he'll settle in as the season goes along, but that's, I mean, he'll, he'll understand that he's got to work on it and he'll keep working on it. And he's a guy that's going to continue to improve and get better. And I don't think this is going to be a problem years down the road. So it's just something, it's one of those growing pains that they're going to have to deal with right now. And that's the reality of bringing in an entire new offensive line like they did. Yeah. Speaking of offensive lines, when I saw that Ronnie Stanley was, was inactive for the game, I thought the chiefs were going to roll. Um, and I don't think I'm the only one. Yeah. When you look at, there's 15 guys on IR, you know, including a, a litany of great running backs, a, a, a really nice wide receiver, rookie wide receiver and Rashad Bateman, who you and I both think is going to be an impact player in the league. I think you and I both liked him uh, when we saw his tape, um, you know, and then you look at, you know, Stanley was out. Jimmy Smith was out. You know, they, they had a lot of guys missing. Is that alarming at all that, you know, the chiefs laid an egg against a team that was clearly not at full strength. I mean, it's, it's, it's not ideal by any means, because if they are at full strength next time with uh, any of those, with Stanley back and a handful of other people, if they can get them back at certain points, I mean, that's not, that was 
certainly not ideal, and it could have changed the game a little bit more. So it'll, I mean, we'll we'll see if they play him down the road. But it, for me, the Raiders got significantly more pressure last week than the Chiefs were able to, and that's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. And the bigger thing is what actually kind of bit him a little bit is uh, Villanueva with him going back to his natural spot at left tackle. He plays right. a lot better at that spot. Yeah, because he's he's just he's not good at right tackle, but they they just forced him. They should say, "Hey, square peg, go in the round hole." There, there you go. It'll work out fine, and that's why he had a lot of the bad snaps that he did last week against the Raiders. And luckily, he got to go to his natural position and kind of did a lot better overall. And let's be honest, he's a little bit more athletic than Orlando Brown. Um, but anyways, um, it it is what it is, and so we'll uh, I don't know, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, no. Uh... Yeah, Villanueva, Alejandro Villanueva looked awful at right tackle. He looked really good at back at his left tackle this week. And I, that did cross my mind when I was looking up who their backup was uh, at Macari or whatever, who's the backup at both tackle spots. And I was like, man, I, they're just going to move Villanueva back to the left and have this Macari guy go at right tackle, I bet, which is exactly what they did. Um, Patrick Mahomes interception. Um, yeah. Do you give him a pass on that? Because we've seen him make the left-handed pass against against Denver. And look, I think if he throws that ball left-handed in this situation, it floats back to to Travis. I actually think a left-handed pass might have worked there in this situation too. But look, we've seen him do things like this. Uh, I mean, earlier in the game, if you think about the first touchdown, uh, well, the first offensive touchdown, I should say, um, you know, he slides up in the pocket, chucks it deep for Demarcus Robinson. I mean, we're used to seeing him make those kind of plays. Um, given what Patrick Mahomes brings every, you know, week in, week out, are, are you okay with him having one boneheaded play there? Or do you feel like, as he said in the post game, you know, given the situation, given the score at the time, that's just not a risk you can take right there. I mean, it's something I know him of all people is going to learn from, and I'm not worried about it. It's just, it, it's always worked out for him. And like, right. there's never been consequences to it. There's rarely been consequences to it. I'll never say, I won't say never, I'll say rarely. There's rarely been consequences to it. There's either a, a, a hold or a penalty or something when he threw that interception and it, he got a reprieve for it. And, you know, like, or the left-handed pass in Denver that he's able to do or some of the other stuff where they've dropped it. So, I mean, he hasn't had to deal with the consequences of it. This is one of the first times he had to deal with the consequence of, of trying to do too much. So, it, you know, I, he, like I said, he's not a person I'm going to worry about. Like, I'm like, oh man, he's going to, he's not going to learn for this one. I'm like, the, the guy, the, the guy does, the guy does everything. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, there, there's a time in a situation that you need to force that ball there. Up 11 uh, is probably not that time. And I think that's something that he will, like you said, file in the memory bank. And I don't think you'll see him do it in a situation like that where, um, you know, where, where it, it kind of hurts you like it did. Yep. Um, but look, Patrick said all week, like, cause people were worried, you know, 81% of the, the offense, the passing game went to Tyreek and Travis in the Cleveland game. Patrick said all week, Hey, look, that's what they were giving us. That's what the defense dictated. So that's where we went. Those guys were open. So that's who I threw it to, but I have full trust in the rest of my guys. Byron Pringle, big 40 yard touchdown. Uh, you know, um, McCole Hardman, uh, five catches, 55 yards. He stepped up. Demarcus Robinson had the touchdown and had a couple other catches. Uh, you know, we saw Jody Fortson and Blake Bell get involved. Uh, we saw Jarek McKinnon catch another pass. We saw, you know, after last week when they had only one pass to someone not named Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey that went for more than 10 yards, 
we had like six or seven other guys that had chunk plays, you know, or at least 10 yard plays in the passing game that weren't named Tyreek and Travis. So on a day when they clearly were saying, we're not going to let Tyreek beat us. We're just going to put two guys on in the whole game. Was it nice to see the rest of the, the pass catchers step up? It was a good start to get some manufactured touches that they did. So I'm, I'm not a, I'm not upset about that. Now you got to build off that and make that a regular week occurrence. So when a team decides that they're going to take Travis and Tyreek away, that those other people can step up, the Jarek McKinnons of the world, the Jody Fortsons, the Blake Bells, the Byron Pringles, the McCole Harmons, the Demarcus Robinsons, the the Marcus Kemp's, the the Doris Fountains, all of them. Like there, another opponent's going to be good enough on defense. They're going to force those guys to have to step up without Tyreek and Travis. So that's offensive line is going to have to do it too in the run game. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to have to see the the holes a little bit better sometimes, and he's going to yeah. get a little bit quicker. I mean, all that stuff, that's just the reality of it. Yeah, I know. His speed, his, his speed or, or the, the lack of it was apparent um, at times when he, was, when he did get out in space, and they didn't use Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the passing game today. So it'll be interesting to see whether they start working in Jarek McKinnon you know, or, you know, like I said, I mean, Daryl Williams got the, the touchdown uh, in the goal line package um, at the end of the first half. So, uh, you know, you might start seeing some of that stuff get worked in, um, you know, but um, all right, man, anything else you want to talk about from this game? Um, only thing I say is like, look, I know it's an unfortunate loss. I know it's a frustrating loss, but like, just let things play out. Just let them play out. The amount of things on my notifications went in the fire, Steve Spagnuolo, fire Brett Beach, just all that stuff after every single time that they lose a game. <laughs> I remember a time whenever you were just hoping they, they didn't lose seven games in a year. Like, it's one loss. I mean, it, if it turned into six in a row, then I get it. But it, it just, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens against the Chargers and go from there, man. But, I mean, I'm just – I'm not going to – I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to go to Wendy's and eat my feelings. Like, you know, I'm not sad about this one. It's, it is what it is. Well, look, it's a road game at Baltimore in front of a hostile crowd because I don't count the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is a little bit more of a corporate crowd. It's not really a partisan one way or the other. A lot of people there don't have a, a, an intense rooting interest for either team, right? This is the first time in, you know, in two years – that they've played a game that matters in front of a hostile crowd. I think that matters a little bit. I don't know that it actually in the end of, at the end of the day impacted, um, you know, the outcome on the field. I think the turnovers and, and the inability to tackle uh, um, and too many missed assignments on defense were the problem. And I don't think the crowd had a whole heck of a lot to do with that, but look, you, you get a, you, you get the chargers and the Eagles coming up and then, you know, I mean, we always we always knew that that these first nine games were going to be a tough road, and there were going to be some challenges there. At the end of the day, they lost by one on the road at a very good Baltimore team that's been in the playoffs the last few years, and probably will be in the playoffs again. Um, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate because they had their chances to win, and if Clyde Edwards-Helaire doesn't fumble, probably do win. Um, but again, you know, it's not the end of the world. And I'm certainly not calling for anybody to be fired after that. Look, uh, like I said before, it was a reality check for the football team. And if they want to get their road to the championship, they're going to learn from it. They're going to correct what needs to be corrected. 
and then they're going to go out in there and they're going to handle their business. That's just what's what got to happen. If you want to be a champion again, you want to get back to the Super Bowl and get that ring. These are the reality checks you get sometimes. So they got their reality check. The Bucks got a handful of reality checks last year, and they still were able to come up with the Super Bowl and play put together a really good ball when it mattered. Because I remember a Bucks team that got smacked around by the Chiefs, you know, last year, and they still yeah. figured out a way to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So uh, that's your keyword for the day, reality check. So I guess it's your key term. <laughs> I love it. We'll go with reality check. All right. Well, hey, uh, I don't know if people are aware. Chargers also lost today. So, uh, or, or uh, Sunday, I guess, depending on when you listen to this. Um, uh, but so it'll be two teams. I mean, this is going to be a big game uh, at noon on Arrowhead. Um, don't know if you're aware, um, and this will probably totally surprise you, but uh, Tony Romo and Jim Nance just follow the Chargers everywhere, so they're going to be at Arrowhead for that one next week. Okay. It's almost 1 a.m. in the morning right now. Yeah. Good. Yeah, no, we're good. All right. Uh, with that, hey, uh, try not to let this uh, this loss ruin your week and take care, kids.